Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Fest again this beautiful morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to be here again in your presence, King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, I magnify you again as the God of the entire universe. I give you praise once again as the God and Father of my Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you because you are the keeper of covenants. Thank you because you are the one who is faithful. Thank you, because you are Jehovah. Receive all our praises this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you because you are faithful to keep your word. You said your word will hold still till the end of time from generations to generation. People will come and go. Your word will remain the same. We thank you because you are faithful to keep your word. Thank you because as we see the sun rise again, another beautiful day, we know it is proof of your faithfulness. So we give you all the praise, precious Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. As we read our Bibles again this morning, Lord, we ask, speak to us once again. Grant us wisdom and understanding in your word and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our study of the New Testament. We are studying together, reading and commenting, running a Bible commentary on the books of the New Testament. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. I pray for everyone that the Lord will keep you in peace. The Lord will grant you his grace in these difficult times that Christians are going through all over the world. I ask this morning that the Lord will protect you. He will shield you from every danger in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So a big thank you. If you're joining us for the first time this morning, God bless you. Yesterday, or will I say a day before yesterday, we completed the book of 2 Timothy. So today we start the book of Titus. We will start and end the book of Titus today. It's just three chapters, three short short chapters. So quickly, I'll do an introduction. Titus, we know Titus was one of the closest, you know, one of the closest people that worked with Paul. You know, as Paul went around planting the churches in all his missionary journeys um, with Silas, with Timothy, with Titus, Demas, Imanias, <laughs> and several so many people Gaius uh, Priscilla and Aquila so what Paul would do to ensure that some of those churches remained was to leave someone behind to help that church you know um, grow and be stable so like I said first and second Timothy and Titus are what we call pastoral epistle in that they are written to a protege of Paul 
to help him manage the affairs of, of that church. Okay, so the advice there would be useful for us, even in our churches today, would be useful for any Christian. Okay, so let's let's read this morning, Titus chapters 1 to 3. It says, This letter is from Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. This letter is from Paul. Oftentimes, you will need to be careful to pay attention that Paul mentions that this letter is from him. Okay? You will see, I'm not sure whether we will ever be able to have the debate and be able to research some of the books that were ascribed to Paul. Okay? Many people wrote and claimed that they, <laughs> that Paul was the one writing. Okay? So, but we were always just scholars were able to distinguish between when Paul was writing and when someone else was counterfeiting, trying to, to impersonate him. His style of writing was very important. And here Paul says, this letter is from Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent, I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. This truth that we preach must show in the way you are living. It's as simple as that. Paul says, when we begin to teach this to, I was this when well, I was chosen and then I was sent to teach these things. And it shows eh, in how people live their lives. They will live godly lives. So verse 2 says, this truth, this truth gives them confidence because your life is changing. And I'm telling you, but it's beyond just your life changing. We have an eternal salvation that is, you know, that that is with God that cannot be taken away as long as we, we stay we stay true to to our calling. It says this truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life. Hmm. I have eternal life this morning. If you have Jesus this morning, you still call Jesus your Lord and Savior. You hold on to him. You have eternal life this morning. It gives us confidence that we have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. It was God who made that promise to us. And if anyone believes in the name of his son, holds on to his son, the Bible says they will be saved. And so we can hold on to his promise. Why? Because God does not lie. Verse 3, and now at just the right time, he has revealed this message which we announce to everyone. It is by the command of God our Savior that I have been entrusted with this work, with this work for him. Simply Paul is saying, I'm not doing this on my own. God called me to do this. I'm writing to Titus, my true son. You know, he calls Timothy too, my true son, right? <laughs> because these were some of the closest that never left Paul's sight until his execution. I am writing to Titus, my true son, in the faith that we share. May God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Savior, give you grace and peace. And we say, apart from his style of writing, this particular greeting you will find in every single 
of Paul's writing. Five says, I left you on the island of Crete. He left Timothy in, in Ephesus. One time he sent Timothy to Thessalonica, you know, and it sent the leaders, Priscilla and Aquila, were majorly based in Ephesus. Okay, but he sent, I left you on the island of Crete so you would complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. The work of Titus in this church was to get the church established, appoint elders, deacons, of, of course, mostly of maybe eventually a pastor over that church you know and not just creeds meant that there were maybe a circle of towns together that you put together that made all the group of churches that that titus was in charge of paul says i left you there um, to complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as i instructed you an elder must live a blameless life. <laughs> he shared this with Timothy, right? An elder, because you need to know how to choose. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife. If it's a woman, she must be faithful to her husband. He must be faithful to his wife and his children. Must be, must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. They don't have a negative reputation. If they do, they shouldn't be appointed as elders. It's that simple. A church leader is a manager of God's household. You see that? He is a manager of God's household. So he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest, dishonest with money. Some people will say, Pastor, please remove that one from 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 the list that Paul gave Titus, yes, a church leader, an elder, must not be dishonest with money. Eh? It must not be a heavy drinker. Somebody will say, Pastor, that one is not, that one is not a problem. Must not be violent. Must not be quick temper. Must not be arrogant. Verse eight. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home. You are an elder, you are a pastor. How can you not enjoy having people coming to stay in your home? You must enjoy having guests in your home, in his home. And he must love what is good. He must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. Must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief. Have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught then he will be able to encourage others with awesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. It is when he has internalized that me the message that he can then teach it. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he has been taught. Then he will be able to encourage others and be able to teach others the same message. Encourage others with awesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they where they are wrong. Verse 10 passes for there are many rebellious people who engage in useless useless talk and deceive others. <laughs> For one Timothy avoid this kind of people. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation, the Jews especially. They insist on circumcision for salvation. They must be silenced. They must be silenced because they are turning old families away from the truth by their false teachings. And they do it only for money. Can you imagine? 
these guys were saying for you to become a Christian, you have to first of all accept Judaism. You have to convert to a Jew. After you become a Jew, then you can become a Christian. Okay? <laughs> they were Christians. So. <laughs> they were saying that the promise was made to Abraham and by seed it meant only to the nation of Israel. That was some of the interpretation they were giving. So that was that was one group. There was the other group that were just Jews that were against Christians. So two major groups. Paul said these people were in need in this thing for the money. Even one of their own men, a prophet from Crete, has said about them, the people of Crete are all liars, cruel animals, and lazy. <laughs> he says, Glutons, this is true. So, reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. Reprimand them sternly to make them strong in the faith. They must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. Okay? Look at people's life, look at their teachings before you gather around and be listening to them. Okay? They should, they must stop listening to Jewish myths and the commands of people who have turned away from the truth. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. You see that? You can't claim you know God and live another way. It does not work like that. I'm not saying that you are going to be like the angels in heaven. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, going, I'm saying that God and pleasing God would mean something to you. And it just shapes your life. It says they have denied him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing, worthless for doing anything good. Okay? Because they don't really care about God anyway. Alright, let's move on to chapter 2. Yeah, Paul will say promote right teaching. As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects awesome teaching. The kind of living that reflects awesome teaching. I know that we, for us, no, is teach. Don't care about the living, no. Paul, when, sorry, sorry, when Luke was writing the book of Acts, he said, look, we are writing about all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Okay, okay. So Paul says, promote the kind of living that reflects awesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. Teach them. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Teach them. I know we don't enjoy teachings anymore. Now if you start teaching, people will just switch off. <laughs> start pressing their phone. What's <laughs> it? Teach them. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. Live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others to be uh, or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. Eh? Just ask yourself, the way I am living, does it honor God? It's as simple as that. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must, must, train, must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to walk in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the, on 
the word of God. Eh? Older women, be an example to the younger ones. Be an example. Be an example. Okay, don't just say, I don't care. Whatever I live is my own. I don't care. No. You have a responsibility to others. That is why you are, an, you are an elder. Verse 6, in the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. Young men, live wisely. And you yourself must be, because Titus too was a young man. And you, Titus, must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Do good works, be an example, be a role model. That's what he's saying. Of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teachings. You cannot be teaching one thing and believing another thing. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Teach the truth. Don't make the word of God say what you want it to say. You say what the word of God is. Eh? Because I know <laughs> now, nowadays, because we want to just put some ephesi, you know, into our preaching. We make the word of God to say what we want. Whereas that's not what, what the word of God is saying. Just say what the word of God is saying. And I'm telling you, no one will be able to criticize your teaching. Paul says, then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Hmm? Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk, talk back or steal. Uh, there was one. <laughs> is it Onisi for us now? A slave, you know, who took something for his master and ran away. Or still, must, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Since then, they will make the teaching about God and our Savior attractive in every way. Sometimes I ask myself whether by the way I am living, I am not making the word of God less attractive. Paul says the way you live can make the word of God less attractive then they will make the teaching about god and our savior attractive in every way always ask yourself oh, <laughs> so for the, the grace of god has been revealed for the grace of god has been revealed bringing salvation to all people the grace of god has been revealed bringing salvation to all people and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasure we are instructed to we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. You see that? We should live in this This world is an evil world, okay? There's a lot of corruption in the world. However, the word of God expects us to live in this world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. In other words, we are light in a dark world. We must still allow our light to shine, even though everything around us is, is, is dark. 13. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Eh? That is what Jesus did for us. Jesus saved us so that we would impact the world. It didn't save us to go to heaven. 
Eventually, we will join him there in heaven and then come back to the earth eventually. Eh? But right here and right now, he saved us so that others can look at us and see Jesus in our lives. This and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. I pray for you this morning that your faith would not be empty. Yes, God will help you to live a life of meaning, a life of wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God in the mighty name of Jesus. 15. You must teach these things. Teach. The secret is to teach them. You see how much Paul said to Timothy about teaching and how much he said to... These, are, these were pastors of churches. So, so, like I said, these are pastoral epistles. The way churches should be. Okay? Church is not a place for us to just come and then just be bouncing around. That. No. It's a place for us to receive the word of God. To be taught the word of God diligently taught the word of God. Paul says you must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. Teach them and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary. So don't let anyone disregard what you say. Why did he have the authority? Because he was the pastor. Okay, so, but teach these things. Alright, let's move on to chapter 3, Titus the book of Titus chapter 3, do what is good. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. Mm? <laughs> we shouldn't be the ones breaking the law. No, we should be the example of even keeping the law. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. Mm? They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. It can't be that you are the Christian and you are the one that breaks all the law. You are the one that is so noisy around. You are the one just doing all the things that everyone will be complaining about. That's not how a Christian should be. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Be gentle. Eh? You know, most times I ask, this, the thing that is pushing you to do this, some of the things you are doing, is it the Holy Spirit? <laughs> if it's the Holy Spirit, true humility will be there. Love, patience, long-suffering, it will be there for others. Verse 3, once, once we too were foolish and disobedient, <laughs> we were misled and, be, and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because, because of his mercies. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth. We have a new birth today. That is why we can't continue living. You can't claim that you are a child of God. You are born again and nothing changes in your life. No, something has to change. Paul said that he saved us. There was, yes, one time we were slaves to, to many pleasures and lost. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we were ate, and we hated each other. But now we were saved. Eh? We were saved to 
to live righteously. It is not because, and God did this, not because of our righteousness or because we were good or we were perfect or anything. No, that was not why God saved us. Because, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercies. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's what God did for us. He said, because of His grace, He made us right in His sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. I know that this is difficult. It's a difficult principle for most people to understand. To realize that, yes, we are sinners, but we are righteous in the sight of God. How? <laughs> All are sin and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. Yes, I am a sinner. And what I deserve is to die. But I cannot be given death. I cannot die or be given the punishment of death because someone already took my punishment for me, died on my behalf. Jesus Christ. Amen. I know it's a concept because when you're trying to explain this to the average unbeliever, it does not make sense. It does not make sense. But it's, it's that simple. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Verse 8, this is a trustworthy saying and I want you to insist on this teaching so that all who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. All who trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. Teach, these teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. It's something we must teach for people to understand that look, you cannot, sincerely, you cannot be righteous in the presence of God based on your righteous your own good deeds the bible says that all of our good deeds they are like filthy rags before him filthy rags that's the truth but in christ god makes us righteous hmm? so paul says these teachings are good and beneficial for everyone teach them nine do not get involved in foolish discussions about spirit spiritual pedigree or in quarrels and fightings about obedience to jewish laws don't get involved in those things these things are useless and a waste of time if people are causing division among you give them a give a first and second warning after that <laughs> have nothing more to do with them hmm? for people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. <laughs> they have a terrible motive. Paul is saying, okay, so give them first and second warning. If they will not insist, just, just cut them off. Paul says, I am planning to send either Atimas or Tychicus to you as soon as one of them arrives. Do your best to meet me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to stay there for the winter. Do everything you can to help Zenas, the lawyer, and Apollos with their trip see that they are given everything they need 14 our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others hmm? so i'm advising you are part of a church do good by meeting the needs of others see then they will not be unproductive verse 15 everybody here sends greetings please give my greetings to the believers all who love us May God's grace be with you all. Amen. All right. So that's the book of Titus. 
short book, something you can read in one sitting like we have done in less than, even though we're still commenting, in less than, less than 30 minutes. And I'm telling you, I've been blessed. If you will take anything from Paul, from this book, it is on the fact that, look, God has called us as members of churches, as leaders, as deacons, as believers, to be role models. People must be able to look at us and see the grace of God in and through us. So this morning, that's my encouragement for you, and I think we should pray about it. Lord, help me to be a light that shines Jesus. Let that be your prayer. Help me to be a role model, Lord. Help me to be a doer of the world. Father, we say thank you this morning. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day and see you tomorrow.